verses 9 through 16. Remember last week, the Lord, I mean, not last week, but last time we met, the Lord spoke to me as I was um, sharing the message. The Lord spoke to me that no eye has seen and no ear has heard, and, and we can't even begin to comprehend the way he's going to move by his spirit in this last day and age. We are in that season. The Lord spoke to us. He is ready and about ready to return. He wants us as a body of believers to be ready to step in. And not just be a bystander, but step into that glory and be a carrier of that glory. Amen? And so that's what God wants for each and every one of us. And I'm going to show you this in the scripture. This is the word the Lord has been speaking to my heart over the course of the last week or so. He keeps saying it over and over. Um, It's 1 Corinthians 2, starting with verse 9. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. His spirit searches out everything and shows us the deep secrets of God. No one can know a person's thoughts except that own person's spirit. So nobody can like read your mind except your own spirit. Only you know what's going on on the inside. Well, God's spirit is the only one who knows what's going on in the mind of God, but he is telling us as believers secrets. He is revealing to us secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except for his own spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except for God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not like the world, so we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given us. And this is what we're going to talk about tonight, is that the Holy Spirit is revealing to the believer, not the unbeliever, their minds can't comprehend what we can hear. Their minds can't comprehend and know and understand the things that we can perceive because we have the Spirit of God. He's the Spirit of wisdom, revelation, and knowledge. And he's imparting to us, and he's telling us secrets that he's hearing from God himself. Amen? And so it's super exciting time that we are living in. And there's spiritual secrets that God will only reveal to us his children, the believers. Amen? So John 16, 12 through 15 says this. There, Jesus, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he's prepping them for his departure, and he's telling them everything's going to be okay because I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And this is what he tells them. He says, there's so much more I want to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. When the Spirit of truth comes or the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. What is that? When you tell someone that you heard something that you heard from someone else, it's a secret. So the Holy Spirit will hear what the Father is saying and tell us his secrets. And God's okay with that. All right? So he will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said, the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. In Romans 8.14, the Word of God says that those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are who? The sons of God. The ones who can hear the Spirit of God are who? The sons of God. Who in here is a son or daughter of God? Right? And so that means that we have the Holy Spirit and He can speak to us and reveal to us the secrets from the Father. 
Isn't that exciting? And so there's this huge secret that God wants us to know. There's a huge secret that God wants us to partake in and not just to have um, an experience, a one-time experience, but he wants us to partake in the full revelation of this secret. Okay, and so I'm going to let you know what that is tonight. Um, And so there's nobody else in this world other than the children of God who can receive this secret and step into this except for us. And only if Revelations 2.17 says, if you have ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. What did we just hear? We just heard that only those who are children of God are led by the Spirit of God. And so only the children of God can have ears that hear what the Spirit is saying. The, the, the person in the world who has not yet received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior is not yet a child of God. And so they don't have the ears that can hear or perceive what the Spirit of God is saying. It's kind of like in one ear and out the other because their mind don't grasp it. But God wants us to grasp this tonight. He wants us to understand this huge secret that is for you and I that he revealed in the scriptures for you and I. Let's turn together to Romans 8. Romans 8. I'm going to read... um, Nope, nope, nope. Let's go to Colossians first. (laughs) Sorry about that. Let's go to Colossians um, 1, 26 and 27. It says this. But now... Okay. It says this message or this secret... This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past. But now, right now, this season, right now, it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. He's revealing them to us. This is the secret. Christ lives in you. And this gives you the assurance of sharing his glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You have to sit on that for a while. You have to meditate on it. You have to think about it. We know the scriptures. Greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. He's not just talking about that we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and that we'll one day go to heaven and then all this stuff isn't, you know, we're not going to have to deal with this stuff. What he's talking about is when you're faced with an enemy and you've got Jesus living on the inside of you, you don't have to fear because you're, when you're walking in the confidence and you know that God lives on the inside of you, there's nothing you have to fear because Christ is in you and he is your hope of glory. He wants to walk in all the glory and all the power that he walked in when he walked this earth as Jesus. But now Jesus lives inside of Christ's body, the body of Christ, and we are his hands and we are his feet. We are his mouthpiece. So that's why Jesus said, it's better that I go away because I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit who will not only be with you, but he'll be in you. And you'll be living and moving. He'll be living and moving and having our being if we'll surrender it. If we'll surrender, like we talked about last um, time we met, if we'll surrender and yield our lives to the Lord, we can step in to that Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, if you raise your hand that you're a child of God, you're a son or daughter of God, that means you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. 
That, you mean, that means you received him into your heart. You accepted that he died and that he rose again from the dead and, and that you're saved. Okay? So that's how you, how you accept Jesus, is you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart. But God is trying to reveal to us this secret that it's not just that you accepted him so you can go to heaven, but that you have now accepted him and that you now have this inheritance that the glory of God can be revealed within your vessel. That he can live and move and have your being. That Jesus didn't just come here to, to um, walk this earth and then leave and then we're left without nothing. He came here as a man, as an example for you and I so that we too could walk in what he walked in. Amen? God's job, Jesus' job was not done yet. It was not accomplished yet. Yes, he died on the cross, he rose again from the dead, and we can be saved. We have hope. But he didn't stop his miracles when he died and rose again from the dead. The plan was this secret. Let's read it again. The secret. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past. But now it has been revealed to God's people by who? His Holy Spirit. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you, and this gives you the assurance that you can share in his glory. Jesus walked in the glory of God on a daily basis. How in the world do you think he went about doing good, healing all those who were oppressed by the devil? He was walking in the glory and the power of God. So how do you think he expects you and I, the, the, you know, the great commission, to go out there in all the world, preach the gospel, laying hands on the sick, seeing them recover, raise the dead? How does he expect us to do this without that glory? He doesn't. He expects us to do it with Christ in us, the hope of glory. He expects us to not rely on our own strength. Zechariah 4, 6 says, it's not by might, it's not by power. In other words, you can't work up a miracle. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. When you release Christ and you let him live in and through you by living a surrendered life like we talked about last time, he is free to live and move and have his being through you. Amen. He, that's the secret. He's in you with all his glory, with all his power, all his might that he walked this earth in is in you if you've received him into your heart and life. You now have the ability to manifest the glory of God. You now have the ability to release the glory of God and for miracles, signs, and wonders to be done. And all it does is points to Jesus. It points to the Father. It's not because it's not to give ourselves a pat on the back. It's not, I mean, it's exciting when God uses you. So that's excitement and you know enough. But it's not about you know us being lifted up. It's about Him being lifted up. When we yield our lives to him, he has more, you know, I have a sweatshirt that says, less of me, more of you, none of me, all of you. That's what he wants. He wants a surrendered life, a surrendered heart, so he can live and move and have his being in and through each one of us. Now we can turn to Romans 8. Romans 8, 16 and 17. 
Hallelujah. Sorry, I'm trying to find my spot. For the Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we're his children, we are heirs, in fact, together with Christ, heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share in this glory, we must also share in his suffering. What does that mean? Well, first of all, hallelujah, we are children of God. And we get to share in his glory. We get to be a vessel of his glory and let his glory shine in this earth the way it did through Jesus. He was to be the first one among many brothers and sisters to carry the glory of God. It was never supposed to stop with him. It was supposed to be carried on through God's other children, his sons and his daughters. And it says that we cannot share in this glory, we cannot walk in this glory unless we live a life that's also sharing in his suffering, which means a life that's laid down for him. He laid his life down to walk in this stuff. He, laid his, he literally laid his life down. And in the end, if, if we're left behind, we are going to have to literally lay our lives down if we want to go to heaven. To not deny Christ. To live to the end and declare Jesus Christ as Lord. We need to be ready for that. But God wants us to share in his glory. And the only way we can walk that is because we're not greater than our master. The word says we're not greater than our master. So we're not going to get to carry that glory and have an impact on this world with the glory of God unless we also lay our lives down. Then we get to share in his glory. Then we get to manifest, be a manifest child of God, manifesting the glory of God, seeing the things that Jesus saw. How many of you want to see the things in your lifetime that Jesus saw? Amen? He said that we'll do greater works. Greater than these things shall you do. Why? Because I go to my Father. You'll be able to do greater works because there's so many more. He was one person here on earth, walking the earth, and that glory could only be carried to wherever he went. Well, guess what? There's millions and millions of children of God, and we're supposed to all be yielding and laying our lives down so we can be carriers of his glory to share in his glory. This is what God's doing. This, he's about to pour out his spirit in a mighty way, but he said only those who are ready will be able to partake and be a vessel that can release his glory. He's, not gonna, he's a jealous God. He's not going to share your vessel. He says he doesn't, um, you know, put, you don't put new wine into an old wineskin. You've got to die to self. Pick up your cross and follow him. Forsake that old life because you want his life. You want to share in his glory. You want to be used by God and shine the light so the world can know that your God is God. Amen? So Jesus had to lay his life down as a sacrifice for, in order for him to be used. And he was here as an example for you and I. 
And God wants each one of us, each one of us, to shine our light. He wants the glory of God to so fill each one of us that it comes upon our face and shines. Amen? That's what God desires is for us to walk in his glory and in his power um, the way he walked in it. But we have to lay our lives down. I felt like when I was studying this, I'm like, Lord, you keep bringing up the same thing about a surrender life. He's like, it's the only way. It's the only way. There's not this secret path over here, this secret door over here. How did you get there? How did you get there? There's only one way. A surrendered life, an exchanged life. I'm going to lay my life down in exchange for what you have for me, God. He was to be the first born among many. It was never supposed to stop with him. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 4, verses 6 and 7. I have it written down, but I'm going to go to this version. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 6 and 7. I know I'm preaching to people that are hungry, people that desire the move of God, people who are crying out for revival. And what I'm, what I'm trying to relate to you, and if you have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, you'll be able to grasp this, and you'll be like, is that all it takes? Forsaking my flesh, resisting the devil, and just yielding to God, that's all he wants. And he can so fill you with his glory and that you can be used with miracle signs and wonders. You can shine the way to Jesus. That's all he's asking. It's the same thing that Jesus did. He lived a surrendered life. He only did. Remember, he didn't do what his flesh craved. He only did what he heard or saw his father doing or saying. That's the way we're supposed to be living our lives. When we accept Jesus Christ into our hearts as our Lord and Savior, what we're doing is we're saying, Lord, I want my life. I want this new life that you purchased for me. So I lay my life down and I receive the life you purchased for me. And he comes in and makes a home in our hearts and lives. But you know what? It's not that great of a life if you don't let him move, if you don't let him live, and if you don't let him have your being. Yeah, you'll get into heaven, but you won't be able to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Because God has granted you this life to live to please him, and he wants you to make an impact on this world. He doesn't want you to come to the gates of heaven and be all alone. He wants you to have a herd of people coming with you because your light is so bright and they followed it. Amen? And you know, when you're walking in the glory of God, when you're yielding your life to him, people can't help but follow. They'll come to watch you burn. <laughs> they come to see you burn. And God wants to use each and every one of us. Amen. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 6 and 7, it says, For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light, talking about the glory of God, shine in our hearts so we can know, and another version says, so we can see and shine, or we can see and reflect the glory of God in our own hearts. So we can know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus. We now, now that we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, 
We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. Another version says, we have this secret treasure in our earthen vessel that the excellency, the power, and the glory of God that would be revealed would not be of us, but of him. Only those who really want to walk in this are going to hear what I'm saying tonight. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this same light shine in our hearts so we can see and reflect. All people can see when someone's healed. People can see when someone's delivered. People can see when someone's set free. But not everybody can reflect and do a working of miracles. Not everybody can get the devil cast out of somebody and get somebody set free. Only those who are yielded vessels of the Lord. Then you'll be able to both see and reflect or see and walk in it yourself. This is accessible to you and I if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what he, didn't, he, what he wanted to do is not just come into your heart, but he wanted to come into your whole life and have his way and walk this earth the way he walked before because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he hasn't changed how he wants to move, but it's supposed to be in and through you and I. Amen? Isn't that exciting? Hallelujah. So verse 7, we have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from us. Or the other version, I think it's um, King James, but we have this secret treasure in our earthen vessel that the excellency of power or of glory will be of God and not of us. Here's what I'm talking about, Romans 8, 29. For God knew us, his people, in advance, and he chose us to not be different. He chose us to be like him. He chose us to walk like him. In him I live and move and I have my being. He chose us to be like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters like him shining the glory of God. We just learned from that last scripture that we have this treasure, Christ in us, the hope of glory. We have this treasure living on the inside of us. It's not something we're trying to attain. What we're trying to do is cast down and not yield to the lusts of our flesh. Christ is already in us with all his glory, all his power and all his might. It's not something that we're trying to get. If you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he's in there. And he's not separate from his power or his glory. But what the problem is, is that when we take part in the things of this world, or we take part in the things of our flesh over the things that God, pleases God, then that kind of contaminates it, and it, doesn't, it hinders him. And that's what Angela was talking about. She was, I was, she was preparing you to be ready, because God's going to do something tonight, and he's going to fill people with his glory tonight. But you have to be ready. You have to remove the contamination so he can fill you with his pure, holy water, amen, of his spirit. God wants to fill his people with his glory. God wants you to walk in his glory. God wants you to shine his glory so that more and more and more people know 
about his father, about him, because he's the only way. He's the only truth. The word of God says no man can come to the father except through Jesus. Unless they know Jesus and unless they hear about him or unless somebody's sent and shining the glory of God, they're not going to know which way is up. They're not going to know who he is because he's in us. This, he says, not to hide your light under a bushel. And that's what we're doing when we take part in this world. We hide our light under a bushel and so we don't make the impact that we could make to shine the way to Jesus. See, God's preparing a body of Christ who's going to rise up. And I don't know about you, but I am determined that I am one of those, that God is going to say, you know, well done, thou good and faithful servant, because I am determined I'm not living for self. I'm living to glorify God. I'm living to shine his light. Amen? When we were born again, it means the old life is gone and you have now taken on his life. Christ in you. Let him live through you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He lives in us with all his glory, with all his power. That's the secret. It says this is a mystery. This is a secret that wasn't revealed for ages, but is now revealed by his spirit for those who have ears to hear. This is the secret. Christ is in you with all his glory. So then why aren't more people walking the way Jesus walked? It's not his fault. He's in there. It's because we're, conf- we're conflicted, <laughs> we're distracted, and we're not yielding to him, to the Father, the way Jesus yielded. He was here as an example. So when we study the life of Jesus, you see that daily he, he sought the Lord and he prayed and he got away from the crowd to spend time with the Lord. He would go out and he would do what his father had told him in that time of prayer to do. Or maybe, you know, he, he approached situations and the Holy Spirit would tell him what to do. And remember, the Holy Spirit only tells you the secrets that he hears from the Father. So this is the life we're supposed to be living. In him I live and move and I have my being. I walk in the Spirit. And I do not fulfill the lust of my flesh. Why? Because it's so much more glorious to live in his glory. It's so much more exciting to walk and live in his glory and be a manifest child of God. I don't know if you guys, I'm sure that each one of you have had opportunities to minister the love of Jesus to somebody and see their lives change. And if you haven't, it's an amazing experience for God to speak through you and for someone's heart to be changed and then their lives to start to be transformed. It's amazing to disciple people who you knew were lost in sin, but now because you allowed the glory of God to be revealed through you by just simply ministering to them and telling them about Jesus, and you make a decision to disciple them and and tell them how to live for the Lord, you can see their lives transformed and the glory of God fill their lives. But guess what? The word of God says that he'll move us from glory to glory. It's not supposed to stop at being able to just share Jesus. It's supposed to be that they can just totally see Jesus in us. 
Not just when we go to finally take the bushel off and let them know about Jesus. They should see him when they see you. Amen? God wants to live in and through each and every one of us, but we have to allow him to. God knew in advance his people that he chose us to be like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. We're the children of God. We're a child of God. And God is trying to reveal to us by his spirit, but only those who will hear it will walk in this. Yielding to his spirit so we can walk and shine the glory of God. What is the glory of God? It's everything. Everything you see Jesus walked in. We're not to just seek for miracles or signs or wonders. We're not just to seek the gifts and manifestations of the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to be seeking his face. We're supposed to be seeking him and yielding and laying our lives down for him so he can have absolute control. In him I live and I move and I have my being. I walk in the spirit and I don't fulfill the lust of my flesh. He wants complete control because he wants to save this world. He died for each and every one of these people. He wishes that none would perish and that all would come to repentance. But they're not going to know without a preacher. And each one of us are sent to go out into all the world and preach the gospel. And it's not supposed to stop there. We're not supposed to just use words, but we're supposed to be shining our light. What is this light we're supposed to be shining? It doesn't really dawn on us that this light is his glory. This light is him living and moving and having our being, that we're not partaking in the things of this world. Matthew 5.16 says, Let your light shine before men, listen, so they may see what? Good works. And glorify your Father in heaven. Those good works, let me just tell you this, that Hollywood can feed the homeless. They can take care of orphans. They can do all these good things. What God's talking about is not, I mean, those are good things to do, and he even talks about it in his word, okay? Don't get me wrong. Giving to the poor, giving to the needy. God talks about that in his word. But, they're not glorifying God because Hollywood is giving to the orphans. What he's talking about is letting your light shine so that they may see your good works is walking in the power, the anointing, and the glory of God that Jesus walked in this world. That's the good works that is showing the way to Jesus. It's the miracles, the signs, and the wonders. And unless you're a vessel fit for his use and you allow him to manifest through you with his glory, they're not going to know. Your good works aren't going to show the way. We should be able to have confidence that Christ is in us, that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, that I haven't been in sin last night, and so therefore I'm conflicted. I don't know if I'm going to have the manifestation that I, that I need to have in order to minister to this person. That's what sin does. 
It's a hindrance. It conflicts us. It causes us confusion. It causes us to, to stand back and shy away from being used by God. But when you're walking in the Spirit, not fulfilling the lusts of your flesh, you're confident in who is in you. You get a revelation, and he starts speaking to you. He starts leading you. He starts guiding you. I don't know about you, but if you've ever had a word of knowledge where God shows you exactly what to do or where to go or who to minister to or telling you something about them specifically that causes them to start to cry, you suddenly have a confidence you didn't have before. But he's not going to do that with someone who's in sin and not yielding their lives to the Lord. As you yield to the Lord and put down your flesh, you'll be used and you'll be moved from glory to glory to glory. Your light is going to shine brighter and brighter and brighter until the day he returns. Brighter and brighter. That's what God wants for us, to shine brighter and brighter. Actually, Proverbs I think I might have written it down here. Proverbs 9.18 says, The path of the righteousness grows brighter and brighter until the day he returns, in a nutshell. That's if you're yielding your lives to him. We have this treasure. We have this secret. This is the big secret, the Lord said. Christ in you, the hope of glory. There's a hope for this world. It's the glory of God. Where's that glory? Say, it's in me. It's in me. God's glory is in you. Jesus lives in you. You are his temple. You are the temple which he lives and moves and has his being, if you let him. But we got to live a life. He said we're not greater than our master. We have to live a life that's laid down for his cause. Amen? 2 Corinthians 3.18. So all of us, hopefully all of us sitting here, you're here because you're hungry, you're here because you want to be used by God, you want the Holy Spirit, you want him to take control, you want him to use you in the ways that he used Jesus. It says here, 2 Corinthians 3.18, this is a promise, guys. All of us, who have had the veil, or we could just say sin, removed, and you've received Jesus Christ, can see and reflect the glory of the Lord, who is the Spirit, who makes us more and more like him. Didn't we just hear that Jesus was to be the firstborn among many? Yeah. And the Holy Spirit makes us more and more like him. We can reflect, not just see, but also reflect the glory of God. And it doesn't exclude anybody. I love that. It says we can all see and reflect. But it's up to us. He made us free moral agents. He didn't want to make robots. He could have who are automatically going to serve him. What good is it? How fun is it if someone has to love you? It doesn't feel that good if you make somebody love you. What kind of marriage is that? But when somebody on purpose, because of their own free will, loves you, spends time with you, worships you, that's the kind of love God wants. A free moral agent. It's your decision to love him, to spend time with him. 
And he said, we can all, every one of us who accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, can both see and reflect his glory. But we have to want it. We have to have those ears to hear this message. It's for those who want it. Those who want it are going to start laying their lives down, putting down the deeds of the flesh, realizing it's not leading you anywhere. In fact, it leads you more down, right, than up. It gets you down. It gets you discouraged. You don't feel that closeness. You stop hearing the voice of God. He stops leading you. He stops guiding you, not because he wants to, but because there's hindrance there. There's blockages. Sin is like um, plumbing, (laughs) That's blocked up. It's not fun. It gets messy. And that's what happens in our lives. It blocks things up. It blocks things from from the Holy Spirit to be able to flow freely through you. God wants to move through his kids. Christ in us, the hope of glory. We can all see and reflect the glory of God, but we must lay our lives down for this. Because this is what Jesus did. This is how he walked. This is how he lived. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's have ears to hear what it is he's saying. And I'm going to welcome the worship team back up here. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Yeah. Those of you who are hungry, he says, those who are hungry, he will fill. Amen? God wants to fill you tonight. The word of God is preached, and it says in the word, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. How many of you believe all that word that I just spoke? right out of his Bible, right out of his, his, his word that he wrote down for us. And it's for us. It's for us who had ears to hear what he was saying. You would get a revelation that I'm not trying to attain something because he's already in there with everything he's ever going to have. He's not going to ascend and descend again so that we can have him. When we receive him, we receive all of him and all his power and glory. But what we need is for him, he can refill us, he can build us up, he can strengthen us, he can purge us. Amen? So let's just bow our heads and and pray. And if if you didn't um, lay your life down, if you didn't lay some things down when Angela was praying with you, I'm just going to pray a prayer with you quick. Because I don't want anything hindering what God wants to do. I know last time we, we sought the face of God and, 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 and we, just, we were in repentance and stuff like that, but there's a lot of new faces here and I want to make sure each one of you are ready to receive what God wants to do. And so just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you sent your only Son to die on the cross for my sins so that I could be saved I receive you Jesus into my heart into my life to be my Lord and Savior 
And Lord, I just thank you. It doesn't stop there. I cannot just see, but I can also reflect your glory. And Lord, tonight I am hungry. I'm thirsty for you to fill me, for you to remove the things that hinder your glory from rising upon me. So tonight I lay my life down in exchange for your life. I want you to be able to live and move and have your being in and through me. So Lord, tonight I ask you to fill me. I invite you to take complete control of my vessel. Find me a vessel fit for your use. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, if you're hungry, if you're thirsty, you can come up to the altar and I'm going to lay hands on you. And God's going to just release his.